For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Tiger fans, welcome to episode 123 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of every new episode. Apple Podcast users, rate and review the show, and everyone. Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. Most of today's show are Charles Bishop and Neely. Welcome to another episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Uh, and as always, I bring back with me the man, the myth, the legend affectionately known as the people's champ neely welcome back into another episode my friend hey man i gotta start compensating you for these introductions you uh <laughs> this, this is you getting better and better each episode man this is uh you know charles we, we've been at this for a year now you know tiger talk 1400 club and we're into 2021 and uh looking forward to to this this episode oh no doubt about it this is uh gonna be another uh special episode and neely it's one of those episodes you know you almost set it up like one of those ESPN 30 for 30 documentaries, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of what if I told you during his 29 career, 29 year career at Jackson State, he was the chief sports publicist. Uh, he has seen the Peyton brothers, the Short brothers, Lindsey Hunter, Audie Norris break backboards, Lewis Tilburn runs, <laughs> Jimmy Smith catches, Dave Clark, Earl Sanders. And in addition to all of that, he's seen some of the best and greatest athletes, uh, not just at Jackson State, but in the swag. We definitely want to welcome to Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club, the great Sam Jefferson. Welcome in, sir. Thank you. Let me say thank you all for inviting me to appear on the show and to to be a part of the show. And it's good to be here. Oh, no doubt about it. We so appreciate you coming on. And I mean... uh, (laughs) Uh, you are uh, a complete uh, living legend in terms of uh, your knowledge of Jackson State and in terms of everything you see. And it, it's just just a, an honor to have you on our podcast. I mean, in so many ways, you're the precursor to what we do. Because I remember the Tiger Rap radio show. <laughs> oh, you go way back then. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I definitely remember that. When you interviewed the head coaches of football, basketball, and baseball. So, uh, for everything that you've done in terms of bringing this podcast to even where we are, we, we're certainly appreciative. Well, thank you. Well, you know, let me let me start off. And, and 
And this is a question I definitely wanted to ask because I'm completely fascinated by the job duties of the sports information director. And because you guys were really the Swiss army knives in terms of all the hats that you wear, but just take us behind the scenes of the, the SID and what all they do for the university. Uh, I'll tell you, it, 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 it's, um, it's a whole lot more than what people may imagine. They see you uh, going, say, for football, going in the press box on, on Saturday, and they say, my God, he, he sure gets a chance to watch all the games up there for, from, a, from a great vantage point. But it's a seven-day-a-week job. I mean, you have to uh, – there's work to be done every day. And we um, – at, at Jackson State, uh, we did the very best we could with what we had. And we did not have a huge staff, not a fantastic budget, like some of these other big schools have, mm-hmm. you know, let me take, take, uh, in, in my office, it was, it was basically me, my secretary in the later years, my secretary, Jackie Fortson. Yeah. We had to get by with, um, student help. And we were mm-hmm. very fortunate to get quite a few really good students to work with us. And we had great athletes, great coaches. So our job was, 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 was you know, we had to, uh, keep these people in the, you know, in the media. We had to get make sure we got coverage in the papers and the, and the television media during the time that they were here because we had as as good an athletes as you could find on any college campus right there at Jackson State during the 29 years that I was there. And so we worked hard, extremely hard, uh, to make sure that people knew who they were and and, and knew about them, and especially we wanted to make sure that these uh, pro clubs and football, basketball, baseball, that they, they would know these know, know these athletes and know what they're doing and look at their exploits and give them a chance to play on the next level. And we, we were fortunate in that we had quite a few players to, to go on in all those sports, baseball, football, and basketball. Mm-hmm. Wow, that, that, that's, that's amazing to hear in terms of – you know, just uh, everything that you've seen. I, and, you know, I, in doing my research for this show, I was just literally blown away by the number of draft picks you've seen, uh, football, basketball, baseball. Uh, it's just, you just really had a remarkable career during, you know, that, that time frame, that, 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 that 29 year career of, of, of looking at Jackson State in the, uh, you know, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Yes, uh, let's take football, for example. Uh, we had, during my, my tenure at Jackson State, um, seven first-round draft choices. And for a long time, that was more than, um, than any other school in the state of Mississippi. And I mean, in any other, any, any other uh, co- college in, in the state. Um, we had, uh, well, Don Reese and Jerome Barkham. Uh, Jerome Barkham was drafted the year before I got there. Mm-hmm. I think it was 72, and I came in 73. But from 74 to 2000, uh, we had six more first-round draft choices, including uh, Walter Payton in Brazil, who were among the top 10 picks in 19 and 75. Uh, Brazil going to Houston and Payton, of course, going to the Bears in Chicago. And then we had, after that, Lester Holmes, the offensive lineman, went to the Eagles. And Sylvester Morris and Rashad Anderson, uh, in 2000 were first round draft choices. Um, we had 
uh, those those draft choices were more than any other school first round draft choices, I should say, mm-hmm. at that time. You know, Chuck, and also I got in a... 1968. We had uh, I think it was 11 players 11. drafted yes, for indeed. a long time. Yeah, that was that was a record in the state of Mississippi. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, Chuck, I gotta, I gotta uh, pick on you for a second. You know, you you opened up a line of question with Mister J, as we affectionately have called him over the years, and you said when you had to do your research for this show, and and I know our listeners out there may not know you like I know you, Charles Bishop, but you didn't do no research for this show <laughs> <laughs> because this. Mr. Jefferson, when I tell you that Charles Bishop is a, is, is a walking almanac when it comes to this JSU sports history, and, and I say that because it is in respect to you and the work that you did, uh, you know, during your tenure. You know, you look at JSU's motto in athletics now, uh, building on tradition, blazing new trails. Yeah. And I think it's important for our listeners to understand out there that when we talk about building on tradition, and Charles said it said it best, including this podcast, we all stand on the shoulders of, of your career at Jackson State. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can we can remember, uh, you know, I don't want to date you or, or Bishop and I, but we can remember one of the first things you had to do when you got to Memorial Stadium was get that program in your hand. Yes. And you wanted to read about you know, the players and where they were from and those little game week notes and the coaches corners and all those things in the radio shows. And, and you know, SID work, I don't want to, uh, you know, try to say that things have gotten easier by any stretch of the imagination. But now with every being, everything being so electronic and rapid access and sending out a tweet, you know, the work that you guys had to do uh, for, for some degree of years without even a fax machine. Exactly. That that this was just literally working the phones on behalf of players and and calling up those beat writers and, and, you know, being a part time lobbyist as well as a a professional sports information person, because you had to, you know, cozy up to the press to get those stories out there and and get that access so our guys could get seen. And I don't think there's any better testament than your work, Mr. J, than than as you just said, look at the number of people in, in baseball and basketball and football that were not only drafted, but drafted first round, you know, during your tenure. So when, when you look back on it, you know, what are, what are some of your fondest memories, you know, in that, in that long historic career? Oh, uh, it, it would uh, be difficult to touch on. It's so many um, uh, memories uh, traveling around with the basketball team. Uh, Cause what they, we'd go right out of football into bat. Matter of fact, Basketball would start up before football season ended, just about. And during the uh, months of December and in late November, they would travel all over the country playing basketball games. Mm-hmm. And one of my fondest memories of, of, of the basketball uh, travels were going to Alaska. I can't remember exactly what year it was, but it was it was a great trip. They made a couple of trips to Hawaii. And I didn't go on either one of those because they came during the holiday season. And, you know, my job was of such that the only time I had at home with my kids was, was during the Christmas holidays and hmm. maybe a couple of days during Thanksgiving. So I stayed at home. I think we allowed a student to go and cover the team. But the travel um, to places like Alaska and when the team with Lindsay Hunter, the basketball team, when we went up to Connecticut, and beat UConn, who was one of the top teams in the country at the time. 
I think we were in the NIT that year. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lindsey Hunter, I think, I'm not going to say how many he scored, but I believe it was 30-some points that, that night against UConn, and we ended up beating them. So that was definitely a fond memory. Now, mm-hmm. when it comes to football, there were so many fond memories. Going down to Alcorn, when we had Walter Payton and Alcorn and Marino Kassam, they were ranked real high in, um, in, in, in our division in football and, and, and we were able to beat them I think on a last uh last minute score by Peyton and and you know we came out of that with a win and and there were so many others uh that I can think of that it was it was just uh it, we had tremendous uh players during that time and great coaches and the memories uh, uh etched in my memory wow <laughs> That, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> that really you know, Mr. Mr. J, follow up to that, uh, you know, HBCUs, we, we are highly competitive, particularly within the SWAC. Uh, but we also, you know, something we mention on this show all the time, we know a rising tide lifts all boats. And, and, and you used to see during your era, although there was a, a stiff competition, uh, that what benefited one school in the swag, so to speak, would benefit another. And I think I think when you look in the professional circles, the relationship that you and the fellow SIDs in the swag had during that time, how did that how did that aid you guys' success in getting the spotlight on the conference and then your individual school and individual uh, players working together and having some kind of cohesiveness as a SID unit? <clears throat> well, we uh, um you're right about that. We, uh, you know, once we, uh, on Saturday, say football, you know, it was very competitive and, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, but once the game was over and we, we, we were normally great friends off the, off the field or whatever you want to call it. And we, uh, even during the summer, we would go to, uh, meetings together, professional meetings together. And, you know, we had, this organization called COSIDA, yes. College Sports Information Directors Association of America. And they would meet uh, once a year, normally in the month of June. And all the SIDs, from, most all of the SIDs from all the schools across the country would meet. You exchange ideas and you get a chance to see what other people do. And um, you picked up, you picked up, uh, information from them they picked up information from you so we learned and we grew from that and we were able to um, come back to our schools and 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 do some things that uh, other people had you know were doing and and other people could look at some things that we did uh, we were doing rather than they go from that pick up uh, take that up so that's how we were able to you know grow and it, 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 it's something that you have to have a passion for and you got to be able to, uh, yeah. it's something that you want to do. It's hard. It's, it's not an easy job, mm-hmm. uh, but right. if you, right. if you enjoy what you're doing and you have some good people around you and you're working with, with good people, it makes it, a, it makes it easier. Mm-hmm. Mr. Jay, let me, let me follow up on that. Uh, I mean, because uh, your contemporaries, uh, Colleen Nicholson and Grandma, uh, Chuck Prophet at, at Mississippi Valley, who later became athletic director. But you guys are all 
members of your respective school hall of fame, SWAC hall of fame, Cosida hall of fame. Uh, just what was it like in terms of sharing that information with these other legends uh, within the uh, you industry? Just, yeah, uh, you call the name of some of my greatest mentors, uh, especially Colin Nicholson mm -hmm. and Chuck Prophet too, because he, he was um, at, at Mississippi Valley. And I, you know, sometimes talk about the resources that I had and wished I had more and better resources. But Chuck up at Valley uh, did not have the resources that we had, but he made it work. And, and he dealt right. with some of the, some of the great players that, uh, especially in football, when you look at Jerry Rice and Willie Totten and those guys, um, they 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 are top. They were they were top notch. Uh, Rice, right. one of the top football players of all time, not just receivers. He would be in the, you, you name ten players, he'd probably be up there. Walter Payton would be in that too. So, but uh, what I'm saying is that. We had the opportunities to work with some of the best that were in not just football, but all other sports. We had baseball players, like you mentioned early on, like Earl Sanders, David Clark, Dennis Orkan Boyd. I think you remember him yes. as a pitcher. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. so mm -hmm. guys like that, even women basketball, not I shouldn't say even women back, without women basketball team. Uh, Brother Neely, you probably remember uh, uh, Bertha Hart and people like that, LaFawn, mm -hmm. Eva, Eva Freeman, yes, uh, the two Freeman sisters, and, mm -hmm. and uh, 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 Tara Sheriff, and all those young ladies, man, they were just tremendous athletes. And we had a good time working with them. You know, look, I, I don't want to ask this question because you guys really. Uh, you saw what is kind of a staple for a lot of fans now are, are the HBCU classics. But you guys uh, more or less birthed these HBCU classics. Uh, being Colin Nicholson with the Bayou Classic, uh, you're there as, as we take on the Southern Heritage Classic. But but what was that like in terms of, a, from a, a football standpoint, uh, seeing the birth of what has become a staple for all of us fans? Uh, you, you, you're talking about those classics and and they were they were memorable. Uh, and when I came into the league in 1973, I knew I already knew about Colin Nicholson. I had never met him. Gremlin at the time had a, a national television football show. You hear what I'm saying? A national television football show. And didn't many schools other than somebody like Notre Dame, uh, maybe somebody else. I can't think of who else was on nationally every weekend but gremlin had a highlight show that showed across the nation in in, in the early 70s and man that was remarkable uh, we were able to I, I was able to to uh learn uh, some stuff from Collie. we never got a national highlight show like that but we were able to get on abc and some other television networks uh during that time and and uh I think BET came into uh, existence uh, sometime in the mid to late seventies and, and started doing um, HBCU football games, and, and and we went from there. And but but uh, Colin Nicholson was a trailblazer in our profession, especially uh, at the at the H HBCUs. Mm. No doubt, no doubt. You know, Mister Jad, let me let me let me pivot a little bit and. 
and get into some, I don't want to call them negative situations, but, you know, uh, there are some things that happen along the course of long careers that are bumps in the road, so to speak. And, and, and everybody comes to the SID when something's going down uh, in sports. And when you look at some of our historic coaches, uh, there always would come this window of time where there was time for a coaching change. And think about JSU, you know, I know from my mother working there, working uh, with you all those years that uh, it became a family of sorts. Uh, and it's, and this could be tough to deal with situations when there's a transition, whether it's a president's office or head coach. What was it like to be there and see those transitions of icons, you know, whether it's a Bob Hill or a uh, or, or, you know, for Hughes and Big Daddy, what was it like? Because those guys were assistants and, and rose up to head coaches and, and, and dealing with those situations when it was time to pass the baton. How, how challenging was that to have to shepherd that information to the public? Let me say this before I get into that. Ruben Neely was one of the greats we've ever had at Jackson State in, in public relations. Uh, I learned a lot from mm-hmm. her. And, 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 you know, we could always bounce stuff. I could always bounce stuff off of Ruby Neely and, you know, as to, you know, as to how you, how you might want to handle this or handle that. And she was great for me. But now uh, what you mentioned uh, when time came and people were, um, something went down as wasn't always positive. Matter of fact, some things was really negative. What you, what you learned to do was to meet stuff head on. I was my one of my mottos was never to say uh, no comment. I always had to make a comment and try to be if you didn't have your facts or your whatever together at that time, we would say we're we're not there yet. We'll let you know when we get there. Something to that effect. I say we'll make sure you know. We'll let you know, and um, we, we 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 would go from there. But. Um, it's easy to say, well, I ain't got no comment, no comment. But what <laughs> that does, that opens it up for, for for the media and anybody else to make up their minds about what's going on. And people will always look around and find somebody to talk about the, the, the worst negative that you can find. So you have mm-hmm. to get your sure. message out there uh, before people start writing their own message. And that was, that was my motto. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to yeah. deal with some situations that, you know, um, we lost, for example, we lost, the, you know, we went through a period, I'm believing in the late 70s, where we had several players who, at different times to we lost in car accidents and stuff like that. That's a hard thing to do is call a parent and, and then get information about everything and then put that out in the media, you know, that, uh, one of your ex, one of your players uh, on the way home, um, on the way back to Jackson State, had an accident, and and he didn't make it, or she didn't make it, or something to that effect. But uh, you know, those are the tough things that you have to do, and you have mm-hmm. to meet them head on also. Mm-hmm. Well right. said. Well right. said. Well, Mr. J, one of the reasons why this podcast has really had a lane uh, with with Jackson State fans is. Uh, because there was I mean, a, a lack of, of of Jackson State information uh, that you know was coming from uh, the sort of uh, Mississippi media, and and we were really able to kind of 
coming into a, a lane where our, our Jackson State fans really appreciated the fact that there was a podcast available to talk Jackson State athletics. But I kind of wanted to ask you, what was it like in terms of, of working uh, with the uh, media organizations around Mississippi in terms of just getting that information about Jackson State athletics out? You just had to establish a relationship. I, I didn't pick up a piece of paper and, and send something to John Doe at the Clarence Ledger. At that, we had a Jackson Daily News here then too. When I, most of the time while I was working, or to the TV stations around the, the state or something like that, we did that. But what I learned that I'd get in my car and drive down to the Clarence Ledger and meet the guy or the person that was covering us. And it wasn't like I said, it wasn't always a guy. We had some ladies now. Can't recall their names now, but we go to lunch. They want to go to lunch, and we we establish a relationship. Man, we drive mm-hmm. some of the some of the writers from the Clarion Legend. Man, we get in my car and drive to Houston together to cover a game, and and and, and that way in Super Bowl Sunday, I'd invite people over to the house, and we mm-hmm. we'd watch the game with some of the guys, especially if you had some writers that came into Jackson from out of. Roscoe Nance is uh he's one of the yes. first uh matter of fact he was the first African American writer that we had and we had a great relationship up until you know he you know passed away this past a year ago this past January and you know we had a great relationship and I could just name the writers that came after him that been to my house and and sit at the table my wife fixed but we enjoyed each other and got to know each other and could talk and, and that helped. And the same thing with the Michael Rubensteins and, 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 and the television guys that were, were in the city. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. we, we, we got the norm. We could talk and joke around, but um, you know, if I had just sat in my office and wrote up a release and sent it to say John Doe or whoever it is and, they pick it up and read. They they don't know me and they don't know the who I'm writing about. Mm. But it 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 right. it, it, it involves right. relationships, establishing relationships, and and it worked for us. Probably not mm. as well as I would have liked for it to, but it worked well because we had for, for schools like Jackson State and I imagine other HBCUs. It was it's an uphill climb. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, in some degree, you know, from a, I guess when when you when you parcel things out and 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 look at where things are today, there's still those challenges. Even though there's, you know, we we're able to control more of the narrative now, Mister J. Like like Chuck was mentioning, even with this podcast, you know, we control it. Uh, uh, and sometimes now with with uh, Instagram pages and Facebook and so many things that universities don't have to get permission to tell their story, they can tell it on their own behalf and again i just i just attach it all back to that that building on tradition uh because you guys did so much more with so much less to move so that needle <laughs> you know that uh those game day programs man those uh those the radio shows you know you you look forward to you know jay and my wokj and bruce Payne and all those folks you driving yep, to the yeah, TV yeah. and just building up and i know that so much more that still exists now with social media and people able to, able to promote but you know when you go back to the good old days and and listening to baseball on the radio 
Uh, and even though now you have social media and Instagram, there's still nothing like that game day program in your hand, that glossy paper and, and seeing where the players are from and all those pictures. And you look up now and people are sharing that kind of stuff like, hey, look at this program from 86 and look who's on the cover of it. So I, I think, Mr. J, you did some historic things. Uh, you know, you moved the needle during that era. And you're the reason that we are here and able to build on that tradition. And so I just, again, want to say hats off to you and all that you accomplished over those years. We're just looking forward to this now as we go into this blazing new trails part of JSU history. Uh, we just look forward to see where it comes from. But, man, you, you guys and your staff and your student workers, you know, you, you, you did an amazing job. You did so much with so little back then that it just deserves to be applauded. Well, thank you. No doubt. Thank you. And, and we are in a different era now. And I look at things and, and I'm telling you, I, I I can't wait to see how things work out out of Jackson State right now with with, with Coach Prime over there and all the, 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 the media attention that we're getting. Man, it's a, I tell people when they ask me, man, what do you think? What do, I say, look, it's a win-win situation. Mm. I say, I, I, if I could have got half that kind of publicity, what? <laughs> and you, you, go to, you go to YouTube and you go to, yeah, you, you, wherever you go, there it is. And I say, wow. And so all you got to do now is win a few games. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Mr. J, and, and I wanted to ask this question. I mean, I remember the old Slack Media Day where uh, you guys would tour uh, through the Slack Cities. Uh, and it was uh, uh, part roast, yeah. part you know media day, but part Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was uh, I, it was so much fun to uh, go to those and and listen to those coaches uh, not only needle each other, but uh, you know they they t- you know they lay out their team in terms of that. But how much fun was that in terms of just being a part of those old swag media days? It was great fun. From city and, and, city. And, and, Remember, I said relationships. You know, um, just mm-hmm. let's we're looking at football now. You know, you it used to be that you saw the players from Southern on Saturday, uh, maybe once a oh, not maybe well once a year, and that's when they come to Jackson. You went to Baton Rouge, basically. Mm-hmm. But that what that Swag Tour did, you know, we take several players. I think two, maybe three players from each school. And, and travel around the, the conference, which included Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, and Mississippi, for a week. The players got to know each other. And, you know, they competed on Saturday. But you you weren't looking at number 11 with a helmet on. You were looking at Johnny because you you know Johnny. Man, I told you I was going to see you, didn't I? You know, that kind of, <laughs> you know, you get to know them and, you, you, you know, some of the players knew each other because they, a lot of times they be from the same area, same town, or same conference where they played against each other in high school. But what that, what that swag tour did, it energized not just the players, but the coaches got to know each other. We spent the week on the bus and, and, and listened. Some of these coaches probably could have been com- comedians, uh, you know. Had <laughs> you, I mean, you didn't get tired because they went on and on. Eddie Robinson, Castle, Gordon, and and and, and uh, Cooley at, at Mississippi Valley, and some oh, of the wow. other guys. Man, 
they spent the whole trip joking <laughs> with each other and telling different little lies and things like that. But it was fun. And then when we got to these towns and 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 and, and some the coaches put on a show for, for, for the fans and that energized the fan base and it, it worked for us. Right. It really did. We weren't yes. getting uh, you know, the SEC would have media day, say in Birmingham or some big city or something. They they were going to get the coverage. You know, they they didn't have to worry about uh, the major markets coming out and then and, and, you know and covering that game. But we had to try to give them a product that they'd want to see Saturday, and and it worked for oh, us. That's amazing. Yes, indeed. That, that was it was fun stuff. Real fun stuff. Outstanding. Outstanding. Those, I mean, I I would love to, you know, Chuck, back in the days when you had to you sneak and listen to the comedy records, uh, you know, you put Richard Pryor on when mom and daddy left us. I, I'd love to get an album of those Coach Road trips. Oh, <laughs> oh man, it was something. <laughs> I could just uh, imagine Archie Cooley on, on something. Yeah, like yeah. I, I tell Look, people Coach Prime is like the modern day. Archie you Cooley. never know, but Eddie Robinson was probably the best of them. I mean, he he could wow. tell, he would he would crack your side. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. they all would. Castle, uh, Gordon, mm-hmm. Eddie, Cooley—they were all you know. They they were top notch uh, after dinner type speakers. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> understood. 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 You know, Mr. J, I couldn't let you uh, come on this podcast and leave without uh, sharing just what was it like uh, covering Jackson State, especially during that 28-game win streak. Um, and during that time, there was also the, the historic Jackson State versus USM game. But like, what was it? Uh, that 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 is such a staple of my childhood. But, but what was it like for you covering that period of of time of Jackson State football excellence. It, it was great. It, you you brought up the, the, the Southern Miss game. That was a game that we mm-hmm. we came within a hair of winning that game. Mm. You know, and yeah. uh, it it was uh, one of those type games that um, I think it it, it 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 did so much for the school. And, and, and our conference too, uh, because no, you know how people felt that okay, you know you might be playing out your league if you play this team or that team, but we we were very competitive in that game. But um, back to the the, the, the winning the twenty eight games in a row in the conference, that was uh, when it when it was happening. You didn't see it in say in the first six five six games, you know. You, thought you just had a great year or something. Then then you go through the next year, undefeated in the conference. Then you say, wow, you look back and you see, say, we haven't lost a conference game since 19, 19 and whatever. And so it, it was a great thing. And, and then we, I'm trying to think, I think it was um, the, the quarterback, we Shannon Boyd, I believe it was. And a lot of people don't know this, but Shannon Boyd never lost a game to a team in the conference. I believe that was our quarterback oh, back then. Uh, yes, he did start. The yeah, when, yes, he did. and uh, mm-hmm. it was awesome. And, and you know, we were we man, we were the team in the league, and 
and yeah. everybody was all the other teams um, in the league. They were trying to figure out a way to beat Jackson State. But we were rolling in, and we had some great players back in them days. And um, yes, sir. It was it was fun. Be be honest, it was fun. It was fun. And it was fun doing that highlight show. We had a television show then too, and we'd do a little highlight show at the end of the year, and that was fun to do. Wow, that that is that is great stuff. It's just tremendous memories and. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, you have been uh, you, you're woven into the fabric of, of Jackson State mm-hmm. athletics history, and uh, we we couldn't appreciate you uh, more for everything that you've done for the university. Uh, you know, even alumni going back to being a student and then uh, becoming SID. It's just tremendous. Well, thank you. And so like I said again, uh, people like Jackie Fortune, who was in the office there with me for for the better part of my career. And and I came. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't name some students, but I knew I would leave out some that was mm-hmm. just really awesome when it came to work. And 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 you know they enjoyed what they did. They knew they would get um, a reward because some of them would uh, we would let them go on. We couldn't cover everything at one time. Like I say, basketball and football overlap, baseball overlap. So I have to have somebody traveling women basketball. And, and you know, traveling with, with with some of those other teams, and, but they had to produce. They couldn't just travel with them. So if you if you, right. if you wanted to make a trip or you wanted to do something, a cover game out of town, or even in town, you had to make sure you carried your own weight. And we had some kids that did a tremendous job. Mm-hmm. Awesome stuff. You know, Mr. J, I think one of those uh, trips you didn't take. Uh, Maybe it was uh, the Alaska tournament. I think my mom went in your place, and and I, from, I went on that trip. She, she did go also. She went. I, yeah, I went she, on the trip said, at the last minute. I, I took. She would. Uh, she would. She would stand down on home games because she, as you so eloquently put it, brother. Like a lot of folks see you guys and what you do, and it looks like fun from the stands. But she understood that was a work day, and she wanted a Saturday to herself sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, oftentimes, when y'all would get ready for those Hawaii trips or Alaska runs, you know, she would. She was like, "Okay, well, I think I'm gonna work on this one." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's a tremendous lady, man. I learned a lot from Ruben Neely. And uh, she was great on 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 our, in our area during that time. Uh, she was one of the truly outstanding people. And we had some great people up there that uh, that worked hard. And she was one of them. Good stuff. Good stuff. I'll make sure to pass on those regards from you, from you to her when, when we speak. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I tell you what, Mister Jefferson, this this has been. Another great legendary episode. Uh, I, I tell you what, just uh, going down memory lane. We again, we appreciate uh, everything you've done. And again, uh, like Neil said, we, we stand on your shoulders in terms of uh, driving this narrative that is Jackson State athletics. Well, thank you. And enjoy, yes, and I enjoyed, and, and I enjoyed always, the show. Oh, I appreciate it. We really appreciate that. We really do. You know, and as always, we thank all our listeners and subscribers who tune in to listen to these episodes of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club to get their slice of Jackson State sports, news, history, and opinion. And as we all say, always say, it all helps the cause, which is the I love. So for my man, Neely, I'm Charles Bishop. We'll see you on the next episode. Uh-huh.
that'll do it for episode 123 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcast listeners, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department, and it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. As always, thanks for your support. Go Tigers. Hashtag the I love. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.